There is no secret formula for better customer service. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up a rep's time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can easily support and grow your customer base. Secrets out, everybody. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, November 1st. I'm Rob Litters here with Mark Dent, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Hope you had a wonderful Halloween and are enjoying your candy. Today, we are going to talk about a new trend that brands are trying to embrace, which is the power of scent. We have all heard forever that the power of scent can transport you into a different place, a different time period, and brands want to harness that and figure out how they can get people to love them more. We'll talk about that in a minute, but before we get there, let's catch up on everything else that's making headlines in the world of business and tech. Apple's Scary Fast event highlighted its M3, M3 Pro, and M3 Max chips coming to the iMac and MacBook Pro. Apple says an M3 iMac runs two times faster than one with an M1 model chip. In other news, X, the social media platform that Elon Musk bought for $44 billion, is now worth $19 billion. Yikes. Over the past year, monthly active users have dropped 15%, ad revenue has plummeted up to 60%, and X's employees headcount is down 80%. Most importantly, no one knows what the f*** to call this thing. Is it Twitter or is it X? Thank you, Elon. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think the important thing to note also about this valuation is it's not some outsiders who are saying it's worth $19 billion. It is X. X is reporting that they're worth $19 billion, which is less than half Musk paid for it. He has, of course, still pointed out that he sees this as a $250 billion company someday if he can get all of the financial services stuff to happen, which we've obviously talked about before. And uh, I mean, long odds, but uh, yeah, if it works, I could see it being worth $250 billion (laughs) with a big if. I feel like the discourse around it makes it seem like there's more going on in the product than there actually is. But at the end of the day, it hasn't really changed the way that I use the platform too much. Yeah, yeah, not yet. And, And I don't plan on putting my savings account on there either. So no. In other news, Pinterest is back. The stock shot up 18% Tuesday morning after reporting Q3 earnings of 763.2 million, exceeding analyst expectations. Pinterest has steadily attracted a younger user base with Gen Z making up 42% of its monthly active users. Just wait until Gen Z starts buying houses and needs to figure out what shade of dark white slash light beige they want to paint their interior walls. Shein, the Chinese fast fashion behemoth, acquired British brand Misguided ahead of a rumored IPO. Shein will take over manufacturing for products sold across both companies, offering more variety to its 150 million customers. This is crazy. The 1997 teen comedy Good Burger is getting a sequel, and it's on Paramount+. Plus. Mark, are you a uh, Good Burger fan? I am. I I loved Keenan and Kel, and and I loved Good Burger. However, I do not love Paramount+. Plus. Agreed. It's on the outer boroughs of streaming for me, so I I don't go there. The best part about this sequel, the fast food joint staff fights its parent company, which wants to replace them with robots, which is just super timely. Mark, over the past month or so, I'm pretty sure every single time we've talked together, we've brought up something about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and so I think it's only fair that we go back there. Anything new? 
Yeah, I mean, lots more business news. Um, <laughs> according to patent attorney Josh Gerben, Kelsey, the Chiefs tight end, has filed five new trademarks for his name, Travis Kelsey, for Kill a Trav, for All Right Nah, for Flight 87, that's his number, and for Kelsey's Crunch. This is for people who know the deep cuts of Travis Kelsey, but I do believe Kelsey's Crunch is a specific type of cereal that thus far has only been available at high V stores in the Kansas City area. <laughs> but maybe he's thinking of trying to take that elsewhere. But, you know, as people have pointed out, this is kind of what happens when you date Taylor Swift. She is the master of her trademark. She has dozens of trademarks. And now Travis Kelsey is getting in on the game. Unbelievable. She's literally just whipping Travis into shape. It's incredible. His on-field stats when she's at the game versus not at the game. He's twice as good when she's there. Like Taylor Swift just, I think, kind of makes everything better. Yeah, I don't disagree. One last thing before we get to our main story today. Be safe out there, Chocoholics. Consumer Reports found concerning levels of lead and or cadmium in 16 of the 48 chocolates it tested, including Hershey's Cocoa Powder and Starbucks Hot Chocolate. Not to rain on your Halloween parade, but just be a little bit careful about the chocolate that you're biting into. And with that, let's get to the main story for today, the power of smell and how brands are trying to harness it. Mark, you wrote a Sunday story a little while back about how brands are trying to use the sense of sound to resonate with customers. And it sounds like brands are ultimately just kind of moving through the five senses. What's going on with this right now? And and why are brands experimenting with the power of scent? When you think about it, scent is really powerful. You smell something and you're immediately transported back to like, you know, maybe where you first kind of smelled that scent. And I think it's somewhat unique in that way. So it makes sense that, that brands would want to do it. I think it's a little bit less clear of how you do it. I mean, it goes without saying that you cannot smell through a phone. You cannot smell through a television. You can smell through magazine ads. And and as we know, they have been using that for a while. And Abercrombie has also used it. Department stores, they've used perfume and things like that. But, you know, according to the New York Times, there's new ways people are trying to use smell as a marketing tool. MasterCard, for instance, has commissioned custom fragrances inspired by the brand's logo for its experience centers. But here's the thing. I'm very skeptical of all of this, particularly as it relates to MasterCard. When you're talking about a MasterCard, does anybody really want to have a good smell uh, associated with a piece of plastic that they just use by habit anytime they buy something? And secondly, an experience center. That means they're catering to an extremely narrow band of people who know what an experience center is and who would go to said experience center. What's really funny, you bring up a really good point. I think the power of smell is so, so powerful. Like I literally have people in my life who I tie so deeply to a certain smell that like anytime I smell anything close to it, I immediately think of them. Weirdly, one of my friend's moms wears this perfume that I like sometimes catch a little sniff of. And it brings me right back to being in like fourth grade, like sitting on his couch. Yeah. It's freaking crazy. And I mean, the funny thing about this is I think a lot of brands unintentionally do this. If you think about like new car smell, the auto industry has kind of already been doing this almost organically. It's this really kind of happy scent. It's like, oh, nice. I got a new car. I just think back to like sneakers and basketball shoes. Like if you walk into a shoe store, I guess like Foot Locker or Dick's or whatever, you immediately kind of get that smell of like rubber and all of the other fabrics that are going on. And I don't know, man, it just, it brings me back. It feels good. So it is a super powerful sense and it obviously can 
kind of hold precedence in the mind, but I'm kind of with you. I think when you start trying to invent what your scent is and please customers with it, that's when you kind of lose the script a little bit. I don't trust these companies to actually do this well. Even Abercrombie, who had like a very distinct smell. Well, yeah. <laughs> Most people <laughs> like, like make fun of it, right? It's like- Well, totally. But in 1999, they weren't making fun of it. They were true. walking into the store. I was buying bottles of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are not anymore, clearly. And we know that that company has had some, frankly, horrendous business practices that have been revealed since the late 90s. Totally. But I also get why companies would be interested in trying to experiment with smell and trying to create their own sort of scent. And that's because it's really hard to get people's attention, Mm -hmm. which is the top reason why brands are using sound as well in their marketing is because it's just really hard to get someone to notice you. And if you have just this sort of quick sound like Netflix does with Tadum, mm-hmm. you immediately are like, okay, Netflix. And I feel like a scent could have a similar kind of Pavlovian vibe to it as well. But here's the thing, the sound hasn't really worked all that well. Right. You know, as you mentioned, I did a story on this just a couple of months ago. And, you know, most Sonic logos are unrecognizable. So Sound Out, a consulting company that did a report on all of this, it found Netflix had a recognizability rate of 81%. Uh-huh. So like when they heard that to dumb, most people knew it was Netflix, but they're an extreme outlier. For the vast majority of brands, less than 33% actually recognize the brand when they hear that sound. I believe And it. for MasterCard, not to just you know drag them too much here, theirs was 14%. And it's like, of course it is, because what does MasterCard sound like? I have no clue. I I, I couldn't ever know what their Sonic logo is. See, you make a really good point. I think going into these different senses and kind of trying to harness them, it's a great move. It's super smart if it's natural to your brand and your product. Netflix, you're watching something. I think like having this kind of consistent brand identity sound makes a ton of sense. HBO does the same thing. I hear that HBO logo. Regardless of what I'm watching now, I still think Entourage is about to start because of how many episodes of Entourage I watched. And (laughs) that HBO sound like goes right into the Entourage intro. I do think there have got to be some interesting opportunities to use a Sonic logo. One of the biggest issues with sound is that companies are not nearly consistent enough. Sometimes you'll see an ad and a company won't even use its Sonic logo. And with scent, again, like unless you're just a department store or something like that, you can't just consistently put out this scent (laughs) that makes people remember you. So, I mean, taking even a step further up the chain, I think the idea of MasterCard having experience centers is just really weird and don't really get it to begin with. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, it's not just you. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you all for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful Wednesday. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. 
He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 